What's going on, everybody, and welcome back for episode 38 of Hit the Books. We're looking forward to a great week this week. Game one of the NHL Finals just finishing up. NBA Finals are moving as well. Some other topics in other sports. Lots to go over, so let's get started. Let's jump right into introducing my co-hosts, Huff and Mackie. Mackie, what's happening, buddy? Going on, guys. Yeah, we got a we got a lot of moves going on in the NFL right now. We're a lot of signings, and you know, we got the NHL Cup Final. We're in the Stanley Cup right now. Game one was tonight. We got NBA Finals are in Game Six tomorrow. So a lot going on right now in the, in, in the four major sports. Going on, Huff. What's going on, everybody? Uh, excited to be back another week. As you guys said, Stanley Cup Final Game One wrapping up tonight. Uh, and as Mackie alluded to, we get uh, Game 6 of Celtics-Warriors tomorrow night uh, as the Warriors are headed to Boston for Game 6 with a 3-2 series lead. We'll get into that series in a little bit. But like you said, a couple signings to get into with the NFL. Not much else going on with me personally. I don't know about you guys, but um, let's get right into it. Alrighty, first let's jump in some NFL the Pittsburgh Steelers and all-pro safety Minka Fitzpatrick reached an agreement on a four-year contract extension worth over $18.4 million per year with $36 million guaranteed due to its signing. The deal will make Fitzpatrick the highest-paid safety in NFL history. Lots of stuff here to unwrap. What do you guys think? Yeah, if you could start with this. Yeah, I mean, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick has definitely earned this sal- or earned this salary that he's getting paid through this contract extension. Uh, coming into his sixth year in the NFL, the dude's been a stud, uh, especially since coming over to the Steelers in 2019. Um, you look at his past three seasons with you know the turnovers, five in 2019. Whenever he first got there in the in the 14 games played, he had five interceptions, uh, two, a forced fumble to go along with it, six turnovers in 14 games when he first got here. So you kind of knew this guy was going to stick around, or someone that the Steelers were going to kind of set as a priority to keep long term. Uh, you look even late the next year, four picks this past season, two. He's been a stud and a, you know, a cornerstone for our defense since he's got here. We traded that first-round pick for him. Uh, I'd trade a first-round pick for a player of his caliber any day of the week, and I think a lot of NFL GMs would if you ask them that same question. But, yeah, well-deserved, well great safety, obviously. Steelers now have bought, uh, you know, locked down under contract, and they got Minka Fitzpatrick now locked down, so... Uh, I guess next, I'm hearing a lot of talks with Deontay Johnson, and um, you know they're saying if they talk to him earlier rather than later, they could get him for 20 million, or the price is going to go up if the Steelers wait. And I don't know if we want to get into this later, Mackie. If you want to touch on uh, Minka, and then we can maybe get into the Deontay talk with the 20 million salary. If you want to, you know what I mean, get into that real quick. Yeah, I mean, uh, straight out of Alabama, this guy's been a stud since he came into the league. Um, I mean. He's definitely top five in the game, highest paid safety in NFL history. That's just, I mean, that's the new era that we're in right now. You know, everyone's getting higher contracts, and he's just the first one, or the first big guy to get paid like this. So we'll see these coming. He's he definitely deserved this. Um, yeah, I mean, Steelers are just building. They're just building that defense, that solid defense that they already have, even making it even stronger. I mean, that's what they're. That's what Steelers are built off of their defense. So. You know, it's a good move for the Steelers, and signing this guy four more years is huge. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, but as I started to get into with the Deontay Johnson talk, and um, 
I was seeing today on Twitter that they can sign him if they sign him sooner rather than later. To he, I guess he wants some sort of extension. Uh, he's seeing all the money that all these new or all these receivers are getting, uh, and I guess he made a Pro Bowl last year, so he thinks he's worth twenty million dollars. This is coming from a Steeler fan. I mean, he didn't. I mean, yeah, he made a Pro Bowl last year. He's had you know a couple really nice seasons for us, and you know this is nothing to discount him as a player. I think he's a really good player, but. Um, from a front office standpoint, that's just not a player that I'm comfortable giving $20 million to. And it's not even uh, the fact that he's had the injury history and everything like that. But it just kind of surprises me that they choose to let Juju walk and then they're ready to hand Deontay Johnson, you know what I mean, the full basically top 10 receiver money in the NFL and um, kind of carry on business and let Juju walk to Kansas City, not saying Juju's worth that kind of money and they should have let Deontay do this, but just kind of an interesting situation to me right now with the Steelers and obviously as they get Watt and Minka locked up it looks like as I said Johnson's going to be next but with that kind of number uh, for a wide receiver who hasn't really done anything crazy too much like he hasn't he doesn't have Antonio Brown numbers or even you know what I mean Juju's first couple years but um, I mean I guess I haven't really looked at his numbers and broken them down to compare to other receivers that are in the NFL right now that could be getting paid that kind of salary but um, from a front office standpoint, I'm I'm cool with uh, Deontay Johnson for 20 million, especially when you got. I mean, I'm not the biggest Chase Claypool fan, but when you have a guy, when you have receivers like Claypool, you draft two guys like George Pickens, a national champion out of Georgia, and then Calvin Austin out of Memphis. You know what I mean? They have some studs at receiver, and uh, that's not even to mention all the guys that I'm not even. You know what I mean? Forgetting the name right now, just the two draft picks, and obviously. Uh, Claypool, him being on the team the past couple of years, I believe James Washington left uh, this past year in free agency. I think he's a Chicago Bear. I could be wrong, but yeah, I just think with the depth, it's you know you take the money elsewhere and spend wisely. Yeah, I mean, well, I agree. Those are those are his expectations at this point, though. I mean, they need him to be a top ten receiver in the league. So if you want to, I mean, I think you should let him prove it first before you give him the money, but. That's who he's supposed to be, you know. So, and that's the thing is, I don't know if their their logic going into this is all right. Let's get Pickett, let's get Trubisky, whoever's going to be the starter. Let's get them there. You know what I mean? Wide receiver one. You know, this is your guy. This is your go to guy. You know what I mean? Like that. Like, not okay. Claypool, you got to slide into the one. Even though the Steelers have been known the past couple of years to ship out receivers, move the two to the one, and it's worked. I mean, it worked with. Um, you know what I mean? Antonio Brown, when Mike Wallace left, it worked with Juju when AB left. And, you know what I mean? Now Deontay's trying to get that role with Juju out of here. But um, it'll be interesting to see if he gets the big money. Yeah, definitely. We'll see. Yeah, some big extensions there. Good stuff coming out of the NFL. I know you guys want to talk about your top five uh, non-quarterbacks on the list. Yeah, so I saw this on Twitter the other day and sent it to you guys, but uh, to who was it? Ocho and who was the other guy, Mackie? I forget who sent who was on that list. I sent you. Oh my god, I don't know. Um, I'll go back and look. W- Wiley. Yeah, Marcellus Wiley and uh, Ocho made a list of the top five non quarterbacks in the NFL. Our most valuable non quarterbacks in the NFL was technically the title of their list. Mackie, I'll just go first. I was kind of going to go five to one and. Um, obviously one being the best, and I have a couple honorable mentions I'll start with. So I have three honorable mentions, and then I'll lead into my five to one. I have my top five. I got three defensive players and two offensive players. 
Um, and my, I have a couple honorable mentions, as I said. So I'll start with my honorable mentions. Uh, honorable mentions are in no order. One being Buda Baker. Two, Derwin James. And three, Travis Kelsey. Um, the one honorable mention that I really wanted to sneak in that top three was your boy Michael Parsons on the Dallas Cowboys. I think he's a obviously in the next couple of years could become an absolute stud. Is is already a stud, but I'm saying an absolute, you know what I mean, defensive player of the year, caliber player as he was last year, winning defensive rookie of the year. I think in the next couple of years he's going to slide into that top five, but uh, where he stands right now, my top five goes like this. I have Cooper Cup at number five. Obviously, the Triple Crown winning receiver from the L.A. Rams and what he was able to do with that team last year, I think, uh, without him on the offensive side of the ball, I think it's very easy to say um, they got there with Goff and they got there um, with the defense with Goff and all that stuff. But, I mean, Stafford, you know what I mean? They don't get there without Stafford, too. So, I mean, I just think what Cup did in the playoffs last year and in the regular season, I think he's a major part of that offense and what they did last year. So, that's why he makes my top five at number five. Uh, number four, I have another offensive player. I have Derrick Henry on the Tennessee Titans. Um, I think without Derrick Henry in the lineup, I think the Tennessee Titans are an average to below average team. And I think sometimes uh, last year they showed that they can have the runs where, uh, you know what I mean, they played well without Henry in the lineup. They got wins when they needed to with Tannehill. And obviously they had guys like A.J. Brown, uh, Julio Jones at times last year. and the running backs kind of filled in very well for them in that in that role. I, obviously, as they have a great offensive line, but um, I think Derrick Henry's a very valuable player in the, on his team, obviously, and that's why he makes my top five. Top three, these are going to be all my defensive players. Number three, I have Miles Garrett. Um, not a huge fan of this guy. Obviously, all the bad blood between him and the Steelers, but definitely respect him as a player and what he's able to do on a football field on any given Sunday. So coming off the pass rush on the edge, this dude's legit. I mean, you watch him. I don't know. You ever see the video of him playing basketball, he, him in a sleeveless shirt, dunking a basketball. It's like, <laughs> this, it's like the scariest sight in the world. I'm like, that's how, the how athletic he is. Yeah. I'm like, that's the last dude I'd want to see in the world. And it, I mean, it kills me to put him in the, t I mean, at three, but, I mean, the two dudes that are ahead of him, obviously, my guy T.J. Watt at number two, uh, defensive player of the year, arguably got robbed a year ago, but um, not, didn't win it. So I'm not, gonna, I'm not here to talk hypotheticals. I have T.J. Watt at number two. And then, obviously, number one, the highest paid non-quarterback uh, ever, first, first non-quarterback to ever grace $30 million a year, uh, Aaron Donald at number one. It's a really good list. I'm – I actually have a pretty similar list list to you, but a few shakeups there. Do you have? Do you want to I have a, I have, a I have a couple other uh, honorable mentions. I'm curious if any of you, my, the ones that you have that I didn't have, or any of the honorable mentions I have. Yeah, um, I also I also have three honorable mentions. All and then I'll go five to one, just like you did. So my honorable mentions are: I have Miles Garrett as an honorable mention. I, I think he is incredibly important to that. Cleveland team, but I think they have a little more going on than just what's going on with their defense. I think there's more like he I don't think he is the biggest piece to this team this year. So I decided not to put him in top five. I also had uh Christian McCaffrey obviously comes on if he's healthy or not, and I think that's what it comes down to. I think he'll be who he is if he if if he's healthy all season. And I got Jonathan Taylor. I, I think that team revolves around him completely. So 
There's my honorable mentions. And then I'll hop into my top five. Number five, I got Michael Parsons. As you said, I mean, he's just the, the big key to that defense. That defense struggles from here and there, and they also look like they're top, top five defense in the league sometimes. And I think it revolves around his play. And if he's getting to the quarterback and pressuring them and – you know he's just such a big he's such a big part of that defense, and if the, if he's going, then the whole team's going. So that's why he's number five. Number four, I got Derrick Henry. Just like you said, I mean, this whole this team is mid below average without him. I think so. He carries them to what they win. Uh, the, they won the division last year, correct? Yeah, they did. And then I think they lost first or second round, but you know he got them there, and he's just such a big part of that team. Number three, I got Debo Samuel. I mean, if he's going to be who he was last year, this guy could be the most valuable player in the league. I don't know if you you definitely did, but watching those playoff games against, I mean, he tore apart my Cowboys. Absolutely made us look stupid. No matter what, whether he was getting the ball or not, he's a decoy if he's not getting the ball, or he's getting the ball playing in the backfield, and he can just launch it downfield 40 yards if he wants to. So he's just so athletic, and he's such a big part of that offense, and he's the main reason I think that they got to the NFC Championship game. Then I'll get into my top two. I'm going to go Aaron Donald number two here. And not saying that he's not the best non-quarterback in the league because he definitely is. But I think that Rams team can definitely afford to do for him to not be on his A game a little more than my number one. So that's why I have my number two for most valuable. Number one, I'm going to go TJ Watt, obviously. He's he's just absolutely unbelievable. He's not many levels below Aaron Donald, and that whole entire team revolves around him. If, if he's not going, then there's not much going for that Steelers defense and that Steelers team in general. So, yeah, that's my top five. That's I I I was gonna let you talk for the the entirety, but first off, I totally forgot about McCaffrey as an honorable mention. I, yeah, I, I mean, it it just comes down to his his uh. His availability. His availability. Your best ability is your availability. And when he's on the field, he's one of the best players and one of the most valuable players to his team easily. And, I mean, I like that. Another one I was surprised. I was surprised you had Derrick Henry in the same spot as me. But literally like this. Did you have him at the four? Yeah, four spot. Literally. uh, I had Cooper Cup at the five. You didn't mention him. but Yeah, when you said him, I kind of – when you said him, I was kind of like, I, I, I fucked up by not. That was that was that was when you said McCaffrey, and the other one, I was like, fuck Debo Samuel. I was like, yeah, dude, he, I, just from like watching him tear tear up the Cowboys, I've realized how important he is. Yeah, I had the Niners that. that game. You were like, did you watch that game? I was, and you were just like, yeah, you watched it. I was like, yeah, good, keep going. Uh, but, uh, dude, he. I mean, you guys had no answer for him, and that's obviously nothing against Cowboys. The game, hey, dude, no, nope. happened, happened, but. He, what he did for that team last year, and like you said, he got them where they were. Through they went into Lambeau and won. Obviously, eventually losing in SoFi to the Super Bowl champion Rams that we're sitting here talking about. I had Aaron Donald at number one and Cooper Cup. Basically, me. I think they have two of the most valuable players in the NFL on uh, the top five. But like you said, and then another one, you have T.J. Watt at number one. That's I mean a take I can't disagree with. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, I knew you were gonna like that one. Though. Yeah, I, I know. Even the the logic behind it is just like something I didn't really think of. I more just put Donald there. Obviously, the accolades and yeah, I mean Donald, you can't take away from him being the best non quarterback in the league. Maybe even the best player in the league. But you know that that team besides Aaron Donald is a lot better than that than that team besides T.J. Watt. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? 
So yeah. I think TJ Watt is a huge part of their motivation, even not even just like how they play, but what they need, like what they what they mean to their know, team is TJ. What they is, know that they're playing for, yeah, yeah. TJ means so much more to the Steelers' defense than I mean. Obviously, like you said, no discount to Aaron Donald. He is what he is. Yeah, it's but, no shot at him whatsoever. It's just especially with Jalen Ramsey. Steelers have Minka. They have Jalen Ramsey. Bobby Wagner now. You look around the field on the de- on the defense for the Rams. That's why they won the Super Bowl last year. I mean, they exactly. had all the studs on the offensive side of the ball, but that defense is what held it down. Yeah, definitely. Alrighty, transitioning out of the NFL into the NBA. As we know, the finals are going on, but we got got a couple other points. The Houston Rockets have traded Christian Wood to the Dallas Mavericks in exchange for the 26th overall pick in the 2022 NBA draft. Boban Marjanovic. Trey Burke and Marquise Chris and Sterling Brown. Aki, did you see this before I put this in here? It happened at Yeah, like, I was actually I was actually gonna put it in here and then I saw you already had it. So Yeah, it happened at like nine o'clock tonight. Yeah, I was at work and I got a notification about it. Dang. Yeah, so Luca gets a piece and uh you know what I mean, an additional piece on the Dallas Mavericks, getting a you know what I mean, a big man in Christian Wood that he can work with, but Dude, uh, I love him. I love Christian Wood. He's gonna be yeah. good. I think this is a really good addition for Dallas. This is kind of exactly what they needed, but I still think they need another piece. But uh, this dude, they're not even them on the right way, on the right way to you know what I mean, building this roster they, the way they need. They it. got they got rid of nothing. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, all these players they got rid of. I'm like, okay, they don't even play. They don't play them like at all. You're losing your 26th overall pick. Okay, bust probably. Yeah. Okay, you're not going to be able to draft someone from Pitt. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I feel like Christian Wood held more value than that. I feel like Dallas got a steal here. I think it was a money deal and how he wasn't playing for the Rockets a lot. And obviously, I feel like everyone just fucking hates playing for the Rockets. Yeah, everyone what's just going gets on down in Houston. Houston. But uh, other than James Harden, I mean, it's not just James Harden. CP3, Russell Westbrook, like a lot of players are just like, get me the fuck out of here. Mellow. Yeah, Mellow. Good for Christian Wood. He's going to get a shot with Luka. Get to work with a, you know what I mean, a true top player in the NBA. Yeah, definitely. Should be good for him. Good stuff. All right. Amid trade rumors, Donovan Mitchell was spotted at dinner with Jimmy Butler and working out with Bam Adebayo. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's like this really doesn't mean too much. Like I don't take too much out of this, but. Uh, like you said, there's guys always working out together. I mean, this goes back. I mean, who knows how long guys have been like in early or in their team plays. Like you, you look even at the Last Dance documentary. Even part of it, there's they showed Jordan when he was filming Space Jam having workouts with Reggie Miller and Larry Bird, so he could get yeah, with these see. guys. So a lot of these guys like to work out forever. with other players. So uh, also okay. Donovan Mitchell's under con- Donovan Mitchell's under contract. It's not like he can just like pick where he wants to wherever go, he wants. Yeah. He- He's not. He's not James Harden. He can't like go to Philly if he wants to, or go to Miami yeah. in this case if he wants to. Yeah. So like whoever gives you the best offers, that's where you're going, dude. But yeah, he's yeah. not. He doesn't carry that yet. If he ends up going to the Knicks, maybe he gets a little inside information on the Heat. If you guys have a potential playoff matchup. Yeah, dude. I would love for him to come to the come to New York. That'd be that'd be interesting for you guys. That'd be that'd be that'd be big for us. Dude, get rid of Julius Randle. I mean, he doesn't hold as much value. That's what's going. Dude, a year ago today, if we got rid of him, oh my god, he he was worth so much. Yeah, when he was going off every night. 
Yeah, now he's a fucking bum. Yeah, when he was going off every night, his trade stock before that and before the playoffs last year was probably huge. Even after the playoffs, like he didn't like he didn't obviously do that well in the playoffs, but I mean he was still like a good player. He had a six season. He was he was an all star with with the Knicks out of nowhere. So you know his he going in the going coming into the season he had a lot of value, but now his value is just poor, like di- diminished. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to. I I want to keep Emmanuel quickly, and I want to keep R.J. Barrett, and that's and Mitchell Robinson too, and that's all I really care about. I like Mitchell Robinson. Obviously, Mitchell Robinson is going to be a beast. Team. Yeah, but I don't know. I I wouldn't mind doing like Obi, Toppin. Speaking of R.J. Barrett, we'll get into a little news about his former Duke teammate Jesse. You want to read this? Yeah, let's do it. New. Orleans Pelicans forward Zion Williams is expected to sign a $182 million extension with the Pelicans this summer. Reports say Zion is in great shape and is fully recovered from his recent foot injury. This is exactly why they sat him out the, the entire end of the season and during playoffs. They knew they weren't winning anything this year, even if they maybe even won a playoff round or something, but, you know... This guy's going to come back a thousand percent. You're giving him 182 million dollars. Like, you're not going to risk that. Yep. You're going to make sure he comes back 135 percent and beats the player that you drafted him to be. And yeah, you got to think they knew this was the game plan all along, and Zion knew Zion knew this. Um, with, with the dunks he was throwing down in the pregame and the playoffs, um, with their yeah. ups, but you got to think they were telling him like, all right, dude. If you just sit out this playoffs, we're not winning anything. Like you said, we might win a playoff round, but we are not going to win the NBA Finals this year. Let's just chill this year, focus on next year, build the roster, you get healthy, focus on that foot injury. Quit throwing down 360 dunks and warm-ups because it's making us look bad. Yeah, they're like, dude, chill out with that. <laughs> and we'll pay you $182 million in July if you just sit down on the bench and shut up and don't say anything and we lose in five games. Like, no one will yeah, think I mean, anything. That, They'll just think you're injured. You'll come back next year. Because what's going on right now is a lot of people are probably looking at this contract like, what the hell has he done? You know what I mean? Like, oh, he's injury prone. Your best ability is va- availability. We just said that about McCaffrey. You know what I mean? You look mm-hmm. at the same thing with Zion Williamson getting a $182 million contract. I mean, potential. This is all potential. Yeah, but it's going to happen. But could be more, could be less, but. It's right around that range of it. It'll yeah. be. From 175 to 190. Just depends how many years. Yeah, true. I I don't know, dude. Uh, do you think he deserves this? If they're confident in how, in how healthy he is off that foot injury, I mean, he's definitely a high potential, you know what I mean, a high ceiling, one of the high ceiling players, young players in the NBA. Definitely. So Definitely. He was he was the answer when he was coming in. You got to lock this guy up, If I think, if you're the Pelicans front office. Obviously, not, I mean, they've had their guy before with CP3 and Anthony Davis, but um, I think, you know Here, what I mean, this is their guy. Here's the thing. They don't give them the money, somebody else will. Exactly. And the same shit's going to happen like Anthony Davis did. Zion's going to go somewhere and win a ring, and they're going to be like, well, uh, we let another guy leave. Yeah, they they really have no control other than to pay him $180 million. So, yeah, their hands are kind of tied. Well, I like him, so hopefully he succeeds in. Dude, Pelicans can have a nice dynasty going. You know, CJ McCollum stays. He's good, dude. He's really good. Yeah. It's a good front court, back court piece. 
You get another little piece in there. This could be a dangerous little team, like you said. Yeah, definitely. Great pickup or <clears throat> great extension possibly here by the Pelicans. I hope to see some more info on that soon here. One more point before we jump into the NBA Finals. In Game 3 of the NBA, fi NBA Finals at TD Garden, the Warriors made it known that they believed that the rim was a little too high in warm-ups. So they measured it, and it ended up being two inches too high, so it was brought down. Um, pivotal Game 3, so something like this happens. you got to think, what the heck's going on? See, scumbag I, I, cheaters I, up in Boston, that's what it is. I think it's on purpose, but it's not the Celtics. It's like the arena crew. Correct. It's the arena you know staff. What I mean? So, like, I, like, even if like, they did do it on purpose, it's not like, on the Celtics. It's not their fault, you know? Like, hey, arena crew, but, we bought you guys lunch two inches high. But I bet you, I bet you 100% the arena crew did it on purpose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did. There's definitely protocols to get, make sure that's correct every time. That's Boston, dude. That's Boston. That's crazy. I just think that's so interesting. I don't know why. Like, just yeah. I mean, you got to try anything against the war against Steph Curry, right? Get anything right. to get a shout off. Heck yeah! All right, let's jump right. in. Game five finishing up on Monday. Warriors leading three to two. Now we're in the midst of it. Game six tomorrow. What do we think is going to happen, boys? Tough. What do you think? Um, going to as I said, going to TD Garden for Game six. Warriors lead three two, as you said, Jesse. Uh, I guess we'll do a little recap on Game 5. Um, I, the big headline coming out of Game 5 is Steph not hitting a 3 for the first time since, uh, whatever, December of 2018. Uh, an insane first time, First playoff game ever. Yeah, first time he's ever not hit a 3 in a playoff game, all these crazy streaks. Uh, and the, and the big storyline with that is the Warriors still come out with the win. Obviously on their home floor, Andrew Wiggins with a huge game. I believe it was 27 points. Um, 26 and 13, I think. Yeah, a handful of rebounds to go along with it, a nice double-double. Hell of a game for Wiggins, and the Warriors uh, take a pretty commanding 3-2 lead. I know they're headed back to Boston, but um, my take going into this series was as soon as the Warriors get three wins, I don't think they lose. Um, it's going to be tough going into Boston tomorrow night. We're going to have to see what happens, but um, Mackie, what do you think uh, at Game 5 with Curry, obviously, the, the performance that he put up? Finding ways other than obviously he wasn't hot shooting. Everyone's like, "Oh, you do this, he did that." I'm like, "No, I mean shooters have bad nights. I mean he's human." Yeah, I mean you're, you're a shooter. Like you're not a center who could just lay it up at any point. But I mean he was able to get his two pointers to fall. He just didn't have his stroke tonight from three. It was even it some happens. jump shots. He was just like back rim. I'm like, yeah, he's just off. Yeah, his shot was definitely off. But down the stretch, he still had like seven points in the fourth quarter. He just started dishing assists. Yeah, I mean, he, I wasn't, mean the, he, he didn't have a ton of assists. It was a lot of like, like if you're playing 2K, you get that little boost for pass two assists. He had a ton of those. Mm -hmm. Secondary. Yeah, he had a lot of hockey assists, yeah. secondary assists. But uh, I don't do For that team to win after Steph going 0 for 9 from three point, what do you, he probably shot 25% from the field all, altogether. I mean, it just shows so much about that team because. After game four, everyone was like, Steph dropped 47 points or something. Everyone was like, yeah, it's, it's Celtics. It's five on one. It's the Celtics versus, versus Steph Curry. And for this team to bounce back like this, Draymond, hell of a game. Andrew Wiggins, he, he's been incredible the entire series. But he's re he really like stood out this game. Everyone started to realize how important he's been. You know, Clay Thompson didn't have that good of a game. But 
it's just insane that they were able to, you know, win double-digit game without Steph hitting a three the entire game, with Steph being off like that. So it, it shows a lot about that team and how good they actually are around Steph Curry, not just him. Yeah, I agree. Um, you want to start? What do you think happens game six? Yeah, I, I think I think the Warriors take it, and I'm going to be on the Warriors. But it's definitely not going to be easy, and Jason Tatum's going to be on tomorrow night in, in the Garden. It's gonna. Steph, I I think Steph drops like nine threes and forty five points. I don't know how he doesn't. He doesn't. Have, he doesn't have back to back bad games. I can promise you that. That, that. That's my logic going in tomorrow night. Pretty similar. Um, the fact that the Warriors win the game on Steph's bad performance, you got to think he doesn't have another performance like that. But um, like you said, not going to be easy going into Boston. Um, I'm on the Warriors too. I think they get the job done. I think we see the. I think we see the Larry O'Brien Trophy. I don't even know if it's still called that after they just renamed everything. But uh, I think we see the Warriors get their. What I think we see Steph get his fourth title tomorrow night. Fourth in six, seven years, six years. Unreal. This guy's really cemented himself as one of the be- one of the best. What's crazy is, I mean, obviously the series isn't over yet, but. And if they do, yeah, if but they even win, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, like even so, even if they lose this, he's still one of the best. No, yeah, yeah, I'm saying, but even if they do, even if they win the, if they win this series, what'll be crazy is like looking at the rosters of the four teams that he's won with, and the fact that Draymond, him, and Clay have been there, and they're the only three that have been there for all four. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's Iggy, so cool. Iggy. I don't know if Iggy was there for the third. You're right. I, I was thinking he was Iggy, there for was, one of the KD years. I was thinking Iggy too, but I'm not sure if he was there in 2018. I'm, I, I'm. Then I'll stick to my original point. I think they're the only three that have been there for all four. Yeah, well, even so, Iggy's Iggy, even so, Iggy's a part of. If if he if he was there for all four, he was just. He's such play. He's played such a big role in that team. Yeah, he was, even in 2015, he won Finals MVP. I was say he was a huge part of the first part of the of the dynasty. Now he's a little older. You know, he's more of a coach than a player. But Udonis Haslam, role player. He <laughs> literally same person. I, could you imagine that role? They're like, hey, we'll pay you six million. Just chill on the bench. Yeah, you don't really got to do much. You play once every ten games. He played. We played a game the other night. Yeah, it's like, hey, when we're up fifteen with thirty-two seconds left, you're going in. Yeah, it's like, oh, dude, I can do that. <laughs> but yeah, I think we either see um, Draymond get kicked out tomorrow night, foul out, whatever he does, or or um, double double. Warriors you know, win it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, or he's a, he plays a huge role. A, I think the refs could get could could get in the way of this because you know how you don't like to say it, but you say it. Basketball is very rigged. Yeah. I think because the refs have such a such a control over what happens in the game nope. that I mean I don't know it just it, there's no way it's not by the way that thinking so I don't know if they can get in the way of this game and that could be a problem but if everything goes how it should then I think the Warriors definitely come out on top tomorrow. What's interesting is I think the refs favor the Warriors tomorrow night just because I think the Celtics crowd doesn't help. Yeah, but dude, the the, the refs. Just want an extra game so the NBA can make more money. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a, seven, a, a, a game seven makes the NBA an extra, whatever, $5 billion or whatever. Yeah. Probably not that much, but. Yeah. but, but 
hundreds of bill, hundreds of millions. I bet. Yeah, it makes them an extra hundred million dollars that they didn't have. So that's what it comes down to. So if the refs are getting paid by the NBA. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm with you though. I'm surprised. I, th- I thought you were gonna say Celtics, but well, no, I'm glad you no, that. I'm not. I think the experience is huge here, especially down, coming down to the last two games of the uh, of the series. Yeah, Warriors have been here before. They're not shaking in their in their boots. Sounds like Warriors. Good stuff coming out of the finals. Let's jump into Jesse, the don't you have a NHL. Future, Jesse, don't you have a future on the Celtics? Uh, uh yeah, actually, I might. How <laughs> much? Not much. I think it was one of my free bets. Oh, one of, one of the MGM free bets? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm looking. Did you do it at the start of playoffs? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, I do have Celtics. I got them at plus 400. Oh, okay. And plus 600. Okay. Wow. Wait, how much to win what? Yeah, they're, they're two $10 free bets. Uh, Nothing crazy. Just yeah, well, I wanted to get them on something. Yeah. There'll be some, some, some nice change. That's what I was doing with yeah, my free bets. Bad. I was just throwing them on future shit. I have, uh, at the beginning of the series, I took Warriors. Or no, I took them when they were tied 2-2. I was going to, I wanted to take them so bad when they were down one nothing, but the Celtics looked too good. No, I took them tied 1-1. And then I was so mad because I wanted to take them at one nothing, and they were obviously such a better price. It was plus 150. Yeah, I got them at minus one ten, so I got three thirty to win three hundred. That's really good. Yeah, it's looking good now. Good stuff. Let's jump into some NHL. <clears throat> A couple little points before we jump into the uh, the finals here. This will be the first time since nineteen seventy nine that a teammate of Yarbrough Yager will not play in the Stanley Cup Finals. I think this is actually kind of crazy. 40-plus years of players uh, he played within the Cup. You know, everyone from, like, Matt Cullen and the Penguins to just names you can't even imagine, right? It's funny because that list goes starts before he was even in the league. Yeah, I know. So it's, it's crazy how, like, those years added up, too. I didn't even notice All that. This. 1979, he probably came in the league in, like, 92. No. 80, late 80s. Yeah, late 80s. Yeah, late 80s. He won the Cups with the Pens in 91-92. Yeah. That's crazy, though. If the Rangers made it, they, they, um, they would have went on, yeah. Yes, sir. Which uh, I Another think would have been like Kreider. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't he on the team with Yager? Kreider, Zibanejad, or whatever, one of them, too. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Another point I got, the Arizona Coyotes started selling season ticket packages for their 2022-2023 season in their new arena at Arizona State University. Uh, From the chart I saw, row A on the glass is $16,605 a seat for the year, coming in at $405 per game. Uh, I don't know a lot about other teams' season ticket prices, but uh, I know mine from the Penguins in the second row it are only about 200 a game. So, not sure how that math works. They're, they're more expensive at Arizona State's arena than they are at PPG. Yeah, d- double the price. Over double the price. 
That's insane. So, and obviously, like, ticket prices, they increase every year. Like, that's just a given thing, right? But yeah, I don't understand how Arizona Coyote tickets are that expensive. <laughs> Dude, they're, they're, in a, they're in a college arena. They're not even in right. an NHL-grade arena. Yeah. You don't, like, the luxuries are just not there in that arena. How can... <laughs> that is... That is insane. It's Arizona. It's not even like it's like the like it's not even like I don't know. Florida's playing in like I don't know. Bad analogy, but th- there's no way like that. How is that even a thing? It's like remember that's when, why I'm bringing it up. Remember right? when the remember when the NHL used to do that craft hockeyville thing and they'd play it like random games, random rinks around pits or random rinks around the the league, like around NHL teams. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like small cities and stuff. About, yeah. That's like, Mackie, imagine them playing a game at fucking Boat Park, Morgantown. <laughs> That's what it is. That's literally what it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. I just don't know what to think about it, honestly. I mean, I guess people are going to pay it, but... They're sold out. <gasps> yeah, see, like, sold what? Out for the full Bissonette, season. Bissonette said uh, they're getting a Pink Whitney box. Oh Lord, that's kind of cool, actually. That's Steve's. Yeah, that's that's gonna be awesome. I mean, he worked for them, so you got to think he has hands. Like, he definitely is oh, not yeah. paying full price. Dude, Bissonette is one of the smartest men in NHL history. Dude, his rise over the past like three years, just like watching him Dude. go from what he was on Twitter to what he is now, is insane. Who's a fourth line plug who would have went bankrupt if he wasn't a personality? On Twitter, guru. he literally was just on Twitter. And he worked himself into spit and chicklets. Now he's on TNT on NHL, and you know he's a part of. What does he do with the with the Yotes? It was one of, he, he used to be a broadcaster. Yeah, he was a broadcaster for them. for them. Like one of their top. <laughs> Dude, he's smart, man. He knows how to make money. Yeah. I hate him though for hating on the Rangers. I was gonna say he hated on the Rangers get, so hard, and then and then he started starts. liking them. Though. Yeah, I was gonna say, and then he started liking them. Yeah, he was so wrong on so many playoff picks, though it was so funny. Oh my god, yeah, he was so off. He had like literally every series wrong in the first round. He's funny. They had flames, obviously. Alrighty, a couple more points here before we jump in the finals. David Posternock is reportedly unhappy with the firing of Bruce Cassidy. Low chance he resigns with Boston after this move. Where do we see him going? He's a big player. I think he might be able to make a huge impact at some other team. Do we? Did we hear anything, or what do we think? I like it. I, I love I th- him as a Penguin. I think That'd be he's, awesome. I think he's gone. I think he's already gone. Yeah, I, I don't it, think he played. All bias aside, I think I've heard this from a couple team or a couple different you know sources now that this is more real than just kind of like possibly happening. Apparently, he is on his way out. Like this could be happening sooner rather than later this offseason. Dude, he's like the face of that team. I mean, obviously you have Bergeron and Marchand, but I feel like he's like that team. So, you know, for him to come out and speak like this definitely means that he doesn't want to play for any other or another coach in Boston. Where does he go, dude? And, Vegas? Dude, he, he's going to be such an impact, and he's going to go to a, a contending team. He's not going to go to a shitty Why team. Why does he go to Vegas? He's going to go. Uh, no, you went. can't go to Vegas. You can't go to Vegas. I don't think he goes to Vegas. I don't know. I kind of feel like he stays on the East Coast. Where? Dude, Carolina. Imagine you went to Carolina. 
He would fit there too. Yeah, he could just go there and be their best player. I mean, Aho. Toronto. Oh. Toronto. Imagine. I, do you think he does the Boston to Toronto flip? Oh my God! You oh you you can't do that. Phil Kessel did it. I didn't think about. <laughs> yeah, but Phil Kessel did it. Wait, when was he in Boston? He was Bo- Boston his first two years, and then he was a Leaf, and then he was a Penguin, and then he did his to Arizona. Yeah, and then he just lost it. Beats uh, with us, though, obviously. I don't, I don't know. Where do you see this guy going? Like, I'm just thinking of like teams that have money. I think he, I think he'll he'll go to a contending team, and he's obviously going to have a huge impact. Which is yeah, one of the Rangers. The nah, team needs to have money. Like, what's he asking? I don't here? know. He, he can go to the Rangers. But the only thing is, we have Mika. Yeah, you basically have him, but like a different version. Yeah, I mean, I think Ber- I think Bergeron is kind of better than Mika. I just think Mika fits in our system up better. Wait, what did you I say? You think Bergeron's better than Pasternak? Yeah, you think Bergeron's yeah, better than Zabanejad. No, I don't. I don't think Bergeron's better. I think Pasta is better than yeah, Zabanejad. Yeah. But I think Mika. I think Mika fits in our system incredibly. Yeah. I just hate his fucking hair. Him and Kreider, dude. Him and Kreider, dude, are fucking. I, I can't. I can't express how much. They're the love two them. ugliest stars in the NHL. <laughs> Mika is so ugly, man. Kreider's not that. He bad. looks like one of those stone heads on Easter Island things. You know what I mean? Like those really <laughs> tall stone heads with a goatee. Like, yeah, you're not. Dude, um... I don't know. He got to get rid of that goatee. I feel like it makes his face look taller. Yeah, you know, I mean, Mika's Mika's ugly, man. Mika's really ugly. I've seen pictures of him with short hair, and he doesn't look anywhere near as bad. It's just that well, long, you know, straight, greasy black hair. He's probably gonna cut it now. He I bet you he will. He uh, any other, any other destinations for him? Yeah, no, it didn't look good either. gonna look even worse next year you know <laughs> next, an, extra, an extra two weeks from that uh, yeah we'll see yeah uh any other any other destinations for pasta i don't know i'm like thinking of teams that were on the bubble last year vegas didn't make the t- didn't make playoffs on the bubble that's just uh, dallas Dallas. no you can't go to dallas islanders if you think he stays in the east minnesota in this Dude, the Islanders. Oh, my God. He can go to Islanders. He might go to the Islanders. He, he's going to go to the Islanders. I forgot about them. They're always, they always Dude. get a big player. Bro, and they missed out on Panarin. We got Panarin. They're going to get Pasta. Oh, that would be crazy. I they hate the Islanders. Good. They, they hate thought they were getting Panarin, so they were willing to spend the money, clearly. Yeah. Damn. Oh my god. Dude, he's gonna go to he's gonna go to he's gonna go to the Isles. <laughs> and that makes them that makes him a playoff team. Oh yeah. Cause they're kind of I mean they're like right on the edge anyway. Yeah. Kicks Washington out, I think. Or or actually no, Boston's in the Atlantic. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <sighs> All right, one last point. Yeah. No, you Go I was going to say that's it for me. For One last point here before we jump into the finals. 
It's time the Buffalo Sabres announced Ryan Miller's number 30 jersey will take its rightful place in the rafters. He's just the eighth player in Sabres history to get their jersey raised. I think it's a huge accomplishment for the guy. As far as I'm concerned, he's a stand-up guy. Great player for many, many years. Congrats to him. All-time American goalie. Um, My all-time memory of him is not definitely a good one for him, but it's Sid scoring on him in overtime at that gold medal game in 2010. But um, he definitely had a hell of a career, never getting a cup. But, I mean, this dude was a stud for, I mean, I don't know how many years he was in the league, but there was years on years where this dude was definitely one of the best goalies in the league. Yeah, definitely well-deserved. I mean, I feel like he's he's more uh, well-known for Team USA. Yeah. Because he's, he's played for them for so many years. Karasi got that infamous goal on him. But, uh, you know, definitely well-deserved. He had a great career. That goal was a tough situation for me. I obviously wanted USA to win. Oh, it definitely wasn't his goal. It, was like it was like a broken yeah, play, wasn't Yeah, it? but I'm saying for me, from like a perspective, I was like watching it when I was a little kid. I was like, damn, I want USA to win, but I was like, Crosby scored. Crosby <laughs> scored. Like, you can't, you can't I be can't be that, man. But, yeah. Get into the cup. Yeah, let's get in the cup. I got a couple trends to read. The Tampa Bay Lightning are undefeated in playoff series since being swept in 2019. It's a pretty obvious one, obvious one, but obviously coming out of that being swept, gave them a kick in the ass, and they're moving now. With the elimination of the Rangers from the Eastern Conference Finals, I have an interesting trend that sticks to yet another year. No team has ever won the Stanley Cup with a player making more than a $10 million salary. What? Oh, my I thought, God. I thought that was pretty interesting. That's good. That's good. Well, there's probably only like, Wait, what does McKinnon make? More than 10. But he didn't make 10 last time they won, probably. McKinnon. No, they haven't won. Sorry. Duh. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, but Crosby, didn't Crosby make 10 in 2017? No. Oh, was he still on 8.7? Yeah, he's made 8.7 his whole career. He's a fucking weirdo. No, doesn't doesn't he have more than 8.7 now? No. Oh, I thought he. I thought a recent contract he's, he he's made more. He's been eight point seven. Latang's been like consistent seven, and Malkin's always been nine, nine and a half at most. Well, Cr- Crosby probably could make ten. He's like, no, it's gonna be eight point seven. It's my lucky number. Yeah, exactly. Literally, I mean, he could make. What's Matthews make? He could be like, hey, Montreal Canadiens want to give me fifteen million a year. They'd be like, fuck yeah. Wow, what does Matthews I think make? Sixteen. Does yeah. he? Like David makes like a twelve. I think, I think David makes fifteen or fourteen. Yeah, are you sure? some of these guys are getting up there. Big time, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll oh, check yeah, that. They, I'll they look should... up Austin Matthews' salary right now. It's sure. Well, I think Austin Matthews is around 16, but I thought McDavid signed like four years ago for 12. Or maybe 13. I don't know. You could be right. But who makes more than 10 on the Rangers? Panarin? Probably Panarin or Carter. Um, definitely Panarin, actually, because... Saying that big deal. You checking yeah, on that? Yeah, you can't trust Google. It says seven hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> what? Matthews? I googled. I googled. This isn't the WNBA. Awesome Matthews twenty twenty two salary, and it comes up with a picture of him seven hundred fifty thousand dollars USD. <laughs> I disagree. It's this like isn't Canadian the WNBA. It's the Canadian dollar uh, yeah, transition. They got confused in the transition from like sixteen million to whatever seven hundred fifty thousand. 
But let's get into the cup. Oh, I have a couple more. Another trend. Are you looking that up? I couldn't find it. Uh, okay. Another trend for the third time in four seasons. The team that eliminated the Toronto Maple Leafs from the playoffs has advanced to the Stanley Cup Finals. Tampa doing it this year, Canadians in 2021, and the Bruins in 2019. Yeah, I saw that trend too. I thought that was pretty cool. And just because obviously it's always in the first round. And two little trends for Mr. Andre Vasilevsky. He is 0-3 in his last three games versus Colorado. Now he'll be 0-4 with this game here tonight. He hasn't beaten the Avs since 2018. Yeah, 2018, and has a 3.41 goals against average and a .877 save percentage versus the Avs over his career. Another one I got, uh, this is the first time that he allowed three goals in the first period. Yeah, um, confidence in them tonight, obviously having the money line in the Avs team total. We were basically going into overtime when it was 3-3. We were looking at a 2-0 or an 0-2 situation. We come out 0-2. the Avs get the win 4-3 on a Burakovsky goal, but uh, Avs take game one. We go 0-2 on the night. Tough night for the picks. Um, but Vasilevsky, like you said, first time letting up three goals in a first period in his career. Um, I don't think you see a performance like that from him again, uh, especially in the playoffs, But let alone the cup final. But, I mean, who's to say that Colorado – I mean – I, when watching this game and parts of the game, I thought Colorado looked like just a completely different team. I mean, then they looked like even the entire first part of the playoffs when they were buzzing, absolutely blowing Nashville off the ice. Then uh, St. Louis in six, Edmonton in four. I mean, this team looked like a wagon coming into the cup final, getting the rest. They looked like they had that week's rest and definitely got the benefit of it. Um, they took it to Tampa tonight, jumping out to a quick – 2 nothing lead, Tampa uh, answering, making it 2-1, then 3-1, uh, eventually going to overtime 3-3, and Avs getting the win uh, about a minute and a half in from, like I said, Burakovsky to win the game 4-3. Uh, but, yeah, Vasilevsky, tough performance after that first period, though. Uh, didn't let up a goal for 41 and a half minutes till overtime, so uh, definitely gave his team everything they needed to come back in that game, especially on the road, uh, down 3-1. Going into the first intermission, uh, he stood on his head for two straight periods and um, wide open net in overtime. Can't get across even if you're six six sometimes. And Avs take game one. Yeah, uh, we saw Vasilevsky in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals give up six goals to the Rangers, and then we proceeded to watch him win four straight, giving up maybe five goals in the four games. So. You know, this this doesn't say anything for the rest of the series. I think he'll come back stronger than he's been. Um, you know, that's the difference in the series. I mean, Avs are definitely the better team here, but they don't have the goaltending to back it up, and Tampa obviously has the best goaltender in the, in the world. So that could be a decision-maker in this series if if the Tampa Bay's offense is able to get it going. So, you know, the series is definitely far from over. It should be a good one. Tampa, Tampa's definitely not going to go down go down lately, though. No chance. <clears throat> uh, Vasquez, he definitely gave them the all, or his all, in those second and third periods to give him a chance. But, yeah, like you said, the Avs come out on top. It's an interesting game, though. I really was surprised to see the Avs get up so quick and Tampa just to 
answer quickly there in that second period, but it's a good game. I think this is going to be a long series. Yeah, should we go on? Let's make a pick. Jesse, you go first. Pick it. Pick it. Tampa and seven. Pick a team and how many games? Yeah, Tampa and seven. Jackie? I'm going to go Avs and six. My original pick was Avs, or not Avs, Tampa and seven. I'm going to stick to my original pick right now with Tampa and seven. I think, like you said, Vasilevsky buckles things down. I think Tampa Bay takes game two uh, in Colorado. It's not going to be easy, similar to Golden State going to Boston tomorrow night, but championship clutch genes are going to come out. Um, two teams that have done it. Got to be able to go on the road and get a playoff win. So um, I like Tampa Bay. Win game two. Go back to Tampa Bay, split again. Um, I actually think the Avs will take a 3-2 series lead, and then I'll think, I think Vasilevsky will let up like, you know what I mean? I'm not saying have two shutouts in a row because he's playing the Colorado Avalanche. You know what I mean? It's going to be tough to have a performance like that in a series-clinching game, but um, in a game, if this series goes seven, that's the guy I want in net. And are you there? Definitely. Yeah, that's going to do it for me. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Stay tuned to the Instagram for all the picks. Obviously, like we talked about, Stanley Cup final, NBA finals coming down to the end. Game six tomorrow night. Uh, Probably going to have a pick or two on that game, so stay tuned to the Instagram and everything. Twitter, Um, other than that, make sure you subscribe on all the – Wherever you get your podcasts, everything like that, that's it for me. Have a good one. Yeah, stay tuned for the picks, and thanks for another week, boys. See you next week. Thank you. And that's going to do it for us this week on Hit the Books Podcast. Thank you for all the support week in and week out. Please be sure to share and check out our various social media platforms and check out our website. All the info is located in our link tree in the description below. And always remember to hit the books.